0: From Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., this is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Hey, hey, out there in radio land, it is uh, your moderator, Justin Russell. We're here in Podcast Village, Studio B. Uh, we got to start changing that. We should probably change that intro, Charlie. I'm thinking we probably should.
1: Your wish is my command. Well,
0: well, yeah, we can do that. Hey, uh, for those of you listening live on our Periscope feed on Twitter, thanks for tuning in. This, in case you haven't noticed, is Super Tuesday. This is when a bunch of states are going to the polls. They are voting on the Democratic primary. Well, in some instances, the Republican primary, but that's pretty much a lock anyway. Uh, but they are voting on the President on the Democratic presidential nominee. and it has been an interesting week. Alan Moore? I would say. An interesting week. Anyway, joining us as they do every time we record this, he is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade. He is the one we know as Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. And uh, joining us by video and a real microphone this time, he is the author of such great books as American Politics on the Rocks. He is the one we know as Rich Rubino. Hello, Rich. Hey, Justin, there you go. Wow, good audio quality, too. This is fantastic. Yeah.
2: And microphone,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. So, also joining us in the booth, keeping us honest, he is our benefactor, our proprietor here at at uh, Podcast Village. He's the one that we know as uh, Charlie Burney. Hello, hey, Charlie. hey,
1: everybody. Nice, Ma- nice to be here.
0: Maddie, the engineer, is she's ro- gone. She she's
1: says go- hello, but she's moved on. Oh, she's yeah. moved- oh, she doesn't <laughs> love us anymore. <laughs>
0: And I believe Erin Arbaugh should be joining us here shortly too. So yeah, she we'll just jump parked. in. But we are we we are jumping in real quick because there is a lot to cover here on this Super Tuesday. Uh since the last time you might have heard us there was a primary in South Carolina and as many predicted but the the by the level he won but former Vice President Joe Biden, the big winner in South Carolina in a big, big way. The issue now brings up the quest, the question of what happens from here on Super Tuesday. Uh, the Also, since we've uh, since been on the air, we've also lost uh, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar out of the race, both of whom, by the way, have endorsed Joe Biden. Let's talk about Leading, well, you see, this is what happens when you're live. You got to mute those phones. That one's on me. Hey, uh, Alan Moore, let, let's talk a little bit because I, I got to tell you something. The, I, it was kind of not a foregone conclusion, but everybody was feeling the vibe that this was going to be a win for Joe Biden. The, the, the amount of win, the gap between Sanders, the rest of the field, and Biden, bigger or smaller than you
3: might have thought? Well, it was bigger than, than almost anybody thought at the end. It was about what people thought months ago. And then through the first three <coughs> contests um, the, the, in, in Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada, uh, Biden stumbled and Sanders did better than expected. And it almost appeared if some—and and, and the predictions in South Carolina— closed uh came closer together um, the the uh, the vice president's lead that that looks so insurmountable he he, sh- he seemed maybe vulnerable. there was all this momentum behind Sanders and then lo and behold um, Biden wins by forty points he closes to within a handful of delegates behind Sanders he gets enormous momentum earned uh earned media as they say so he's in the news while other people are paying for time on television not just bloomberg but sanders uh has got a lot of money out in california and elsewhere that he's been spending and so all of a sudden uh we've got a little echo now all of a sudden okay okay uh we'll 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 get that straight so he wins by by uh 30 points over Sanders, has all this momentum, raises $30 million in the month of February. uh, And then three people, you left out Tom Steyer, who who spent a quarter of a billion dollars uh, and has uh, virtually nothing to show for it, uh, no delegates. Um, He dropped out, then Buttigieg, then Klobuchar. Uh, both of whom uh endorsed him yesterday on the eve of today down in Texas uh Beto O'Rourke remember him he also joined in on the the Biden uh chorus and and so all of a sudden there's a whole host of questions now today around the country Sanders is expected to do quite well in California he's been a constant presence in California for uh for the last couple of years, um, but but with the the reduced field, with all of the publicity and the momentum behind uh, behind uh, Vice President Biden after the big the big victory, um, it it's uh, makes for a much more interesting day. A a, the, a reduced field, which people have been waiting for, um, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's a real contest now, and we'll we'll be talking more about this yeah. uh, in the next day Thanks, or two. Well, no, we're,
0: we're going to be talking about it today. We're live, joining us in studio. Finally, she is the comms guru from your former State Department. She is the one we know as Erin Harbor. Hi, Erin. Well, uh, now we don't have audio on. There we go. Try that again. I, there we go. We gotta get closer. There it is. I,
2: I, I was mute. There we go. Uh,
0: also <laughs> joining us. Also joining us on the phone. He is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy. He's one we know as Ken Caradine. Hello, Admiral Ken.
1: Hello, my friends. Sending and, you warm thoughts from Florida. Yeah.
0: So you know we got that good briefing from uh, from Alan Moore, but you know let's let's talk about the reality here, uh, Admiral Ken. Uh we kind of knew Tom Steyer really couldn't find that w- that pathway to victory, and it was looking less and less likely. W- did Tom Steyer stay in much longer than he needed to, or did he prove his point that he wanted to get across?
1: I, I never really truly understood the, the Steyer uh, campaign for president. Um, I understood what he was trying to do when he was spending lots of ad money trying to get President Trump impeached. I got that. Uh, I think he was trying to uh, at least make America aware of the fact that uh, do as I say, not as I do doesn't work uh, in the presidency any better than it works anyplace else. I never truly understood the Steyer campaign. And I think he uh, stayed in way longer than he needed to. If he should have even started at all,
0: uh, Aaron Harbaugh. When when we look at uh, who well, who came out of the race, I mean, Amy Klobuchar looked like she had some momentum coming out of New Hampshire and Iowa, but severely underperformed in South Carolina. Why is that? Not getting anything. Try it again. Get closer.
2: I think that um, she. I mean, she had some momentum. I think a lot of people have been skeptical about whether she could maintain that. And I don't know if I could maintain this, mic Either
0: No, I think we're, we're losing <laughs> that. We're losing that. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're probably gonna have to uh, look at changing the. Uh, we got engineering coming in fixing that. Again, live broadcast. While we're waiting on that, uh, Rich Rabino, let me go to you for that question. When we looked at uh, when we when we looked at Amy Klobuchar coming out of New Hampshire, coming out of Iowa, she looked like she had some momentum. It looked like she was raising some money. Uh, did were you surprised by her lackluster performance in South Carolina? No, not so much in South
4: Carolina, because I don't think that's really a tailor-made state for her. I thought that she was going to actually do relatively well, relatively being, a, I mean, being a relative term on Tuesday, um, because there were more states that were more palatable to her to her message. One of them being her home state in Minnesota, where she was just reelected by 22 points. Um, I thought that she, you know, she had just done a Fox News town hall just a few days before um, in Virginia. And she seemed like she was going, she seemed like she wanted to go the distance. Um, you know, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you make the argument that she was somehow promised by Joe Biden some sort of, you know, whether it's the vice presidency or some sort of an appointment to the cabinet. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think she'll be one of many people considered if Joe Biden is a nominee um, as a possible vice presidential candidacy candidate. But I just think that she came to the point where she just did not see an avenue where she could garner the nomination. And maybe she didn't want to necessarily be embarrassed. Um, on Tuesday, and it was interesting the way Beto O'Rourke kind of came back. I think people were probably trying to say who was Beto O'Rourke, but, you know, he came back in Dallas and that was a state where he had overperformed in a Senate race against Ted Cruz. so he still had right. some popularity there. So that was very interesting. And then, um, in terms of Tom Steyer, you know, I never really understood the rationale or the message or how, what differentiated him in terms of the other candidates, other than the fact that he was a billionaire and he spent a lot of money. Originally he was going to come in, then he came out of the race, then he came back into the race. In terms of Pete Buttigieg. Um, Joe Biden basically told the Houston reporter that he, would cons- that he would consider giving him a position in the administration. And it's interesting. He really played his cards right on this because he's only 38 years old. I don't think his ultimate goal was to necessarily to be president of the United States. It was to, in, at this time. Anyways, I think he was he's trying to jockey for a counterposition, something to that effect, because he could not have run. He could not have went, one become governor of Indiana. He knew he came from a more liberal citadel in South Bend. So the roads were closed to him running for state office in Indiana. Evan by the Democrat, had just like a Senate seat in 2018. So he knew that this was the way he's going to do it. If he gets a job in the Democratic administration, maybe DNC chair. I think that was right. his ultimate aim. Right. So he's really played his card right here.
0: Right. Uh, also coming into studio, better late than never, as always, he is the Democratic political operative that we know is – Dan Lipner Esquire, hello Daniel. Happy Super Tuesday. Happy Happy Super Tuesday to you. We got check now. I got check on his microphone. His microphone seems a little bit light. <laughs> uh, while we're waiting on that, Alan Moore, uh, Rich Rabino brought up a, a really good point in in that discussion. Is the the withdrawal of Mayor Pete Buttigieg? Um, do you think that this? Well let me go one step further does the withdrawal of mayor Pete Amy Klobuchar and everybody else does this signify a a unity march for the establishment Republicans is you I mean, uh, establishment Democrats are, are they really showing their true colors against Bernie Sanders
3: well there's certainly there certainly elements of that um uh these are folks who are competing in the same uh, in the same lane if you will um you know so the 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 kind of moderate uh, so-called lane of the democratic party versus the the much more radical lane that that sanders has occupied and then and warren uh, tried to crowd him in and right. and she of course is, is still in but but this rallying around joe biden is very significant um, uh, because it suggests that that these a that, that Buttigieg and and klobuchar concluded we can't win it we don't have the money we were hoping for some big boost that would bring in money and 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 uh, if you will, earned media because we made right. news. They didn't make any. They knew they weren't going to show very well. Right. So the question is, do we get out before or after Super Tuesday? And they make a calculation. I, I. By the way, Rich suggested, gee, maybe Biden offered up something. I can't imagine that that would have occurred. It just doesn't sound yeah. like how he operates. Um, and having said that, there got to be people around him but, saying, pull out now. Well, there's, there's, and a- earn some points. With Joe Biden, that we, cannot hurt you. Here is what we can confirm: is
0: is that we do know that uh, the, the vice president Biden did talk to both Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg uh, right either prior to or right right after their announcements uh, that they were withdrawing. They every every camp's been pretty quiet uh, as far as the discussion that was had. Uh, You bring up the fact that you don't think that maybe some sort of deal was made. You you don't believe that to be the case? No,
3: I don't believe it. It it just looks bad and and the word would get out and it would, you know, Biden's too smart for that. But he doesn't have to say that when when these folks are, are, (laughs) are getting out. And I'm guessing in a phone conversation he would he would compliment them on the way they ran their campaign and say, "Man, I would I would love your support. Right. Um, I hope you'll give give that some thought." Yeah. And 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 then, but it's going to be people around both Klobuchar and Buttigieg who are going to say, "It's not. It can't hurt you. He's suddenly in a much better place, and you've got to agree that he's a better choice than Sanders." And Typically in American politics, there are rewards for doing the right thing at the right time. Klobuchar is a different case. Right. She's certainly, you know, was before and is now a, you know, a potential front runner to join right. him on the ticket. Right.
0: Dan Lipner, do you do you agree with Alan that I mean, not his style, not his way of thinking, or did? Either Vice President Biden or a surrogate like a Tom Perez, the chairman of the DNC, get involved and say, look, unless you want four more years of the current occupant, we've got to get our our stuff together.
5: Well, that's a different question than what you asked Alan. You asked Alan whether or not somebody made a deal and making a deal. A, that's not really how it's done unless it's something as high as the the vice presidency. Other than that it's not really done for cabinet positions and arguably it would be illegal, illegal. to do it yeah. uh for, for cabinet positions. However, somebody having the discussion about whether or not uh they actually um talked about what what the deal was going to be for uh the the folks um or excuse me for, for the the electoral possibilities of listen if you don't get out and Bernie's the only one viable. He can end up walking away with the entirety of California.
0: You got to get closer to them, Mike. Dan.
5: I'm... Are you on eating it? the mic
0: all right, so, hold on well, <laughs> for some reason, the one day that we're live is the one day we're having engineering problems, but that's okay so I mean
5: so that's the question. So the only question is what happens in states like California where Bernie was clearly viable and a whole bunch of other candidates were flirting with the fifteen percent viability. Ironically, having five people get ten percent below Bernie gives Bernie the entire state. Whereas if you have three people getting fifteen percent, suddenly Bernie's advantage right. goes from three hundred delegates to maybe one ten. So it, it the, the math is based on uh, on how that is how how the numbers are distributed. So this is all math going toward the convention.
0: Right, right. Admiral. Can it, it? It seems to me that. Uh, the unification going behind Joe Biden, this is a signal that there is a definite, and I don't want to say hatred because that's strong, but there's a definite animosity looking at Bernie Sanders from the traditional Democratic Party, much like we saw in 2016 with Donald Trump and the traditional Republican Party.
1: You'll be happy to know that the, the last three or four years sitting around the table with you folks, have been instructive and I've been listening. And the thing that I've taken away from that is that America is a center right country. And the chances of someone who is a declared socialist winning the presidency from somebody like Donald Trump, uh, there's a snowball's chance in you know where that that's gonna happen. So I think that if nothing else, uh, uh, Ms. Perez and the quote establishment that Bernie's railing against right now, have seen the light and understand that if we want to beat Donald Trump, we're not going to do it with the socialists. They really want to go and they want to have a real chance at making this, making, making a run at the white house and winning. Indeed. Uh, I would argue center-left as opposed to center-right, but center is definitely part of that
0: statement. Well, you, you got to talk into the mic.
5: <laughs> <laughs> would you like me to actually swallow the microphone? Yeah, we
0: might need you.
5: Yeah, to do I that. I turn it, like and go that, s- yeah. turn yeah. it and go straight yeah, in. Straight okay. in. I, I, yeah. that's, what, that's the same thing I've been doing, but there's okay. an echo It was at
3: an right. angle. I think this is, right. is better.
0: Anyway, yep. well, we'll see. We're Okay, we're getting uh, – anyway, Richard Bino – Let's look at Super Tuesday right now. Super Tuesday, we've got a situation where we've got the following states in play. Alabama, Arkansas, California, Colorado. Uh, We've got Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and Vermont all in play. Uh, this is a big delegate swipe. Obviously, the two biggies are going to be Texas and California. In this, does does Klobuchar and Buttigieg and Steyer coming out actually help Joe Biden in this, or is is the Bernie is is the Bernie barge just so far down the road that? we there's just too much catch up to have to play.
4: Well, first, Jay, I forgot about one. You forgot about American Samoa. Which oh, is that's right. Gordon I'm sorry their, to my American Samoa friends. L, I'm sorry. And the reason I'm fascinated by this is Tulsi Gabbard. Yes, she's still in the race. Was actually born in America, Samoa. So is it possible that there might be some for, some vote for huh. the for their native for their native daughter Tulsi Gabbard there? and potentially could she actually you, get some delegates out of there? Rich, I mean,
0: you understand that the people who she actually represents in Hawaii don't like her anymore. She couldn't get oh, elected. Oh, this is Hawaii,
4: but she moved to New Hampshire, and she didn't run free elections. She was born in American <laughs> right. Samoa, so maybe if she consolidated her support there and actually spent a week or two campaigning in American Samoa, I don't know what the advertising rate there. My guess is it's pretty cheap. So maybe she could actually garner some delegates out of there, but at any rate, so.
5: <laughs> How many delegates are there? In terms of the there? actual
4: states, I think that, getting i think that all these <laughs> just six votes out of Americans american more. right as terms of all these other states um i think in terms of joe biden i think it definitely helps for all these other candidates to get out of the race Buttigieg, judge uh klobuchar specifically because they're they, they all kind of were kind of um you know they were all kind of ramifying the, the moderate right. vote whereas the center left the, the center left vote among the establishment candidates was going to one of those three candidates now Michael. now it's between michael bloomberg and Joe Biden for kind of the center-left establishment. The momentum Joe Biden got out of South Carolina is huge. This is the first primary he's literally ever won. He goes back to 1988. He dropped out prior to Iowa, I think, 2008. He dropped out right after Iowa. This time around, he, he, won, he won South Carolina. That saved him. Now it goes into Super Tuesday, and he's going to do, I think he's going to do relatively well in places like California and Texas. And what a lot of people have to remember is people have this idea that it's all about winner-take-all. But it's not. All you have to get is to that 15 percent viability threshold in order to garner some delegates. And that's that's what this is essentially. That's what this is essentially all about. So he doesn't have to win California. He doesn't have to win Texas. He doesn't really have to win anywhere. It obviously helps if he does win. It's a moral victory. But if he gets in over that viability line, he gets delegates and then eventually goes to the convention. And once you get to that nineteen hundred and ninety one, the which is the magic number, you win. But you win at that point. But he does not have to win
0: anywhere.
1: Admiral Ken, go ahead. So, uh, I, I, I taking uh, Rich's point, I, I, I'm I'm predicting that Alabama is going to look a lot like South Carolina. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when, I, when my 87 year old mom gets out of rehab <laughs> to go to uh, go to vote, like she did first thing this morning, I can tell you she's leading the charge. Um, I think Texas is going to be uh, probably not as much like Alabama, but I think it's going to go to Biden. But uh California, uh I, I think yeah, Bernie's gonna have a real strong showing there. But I think at the end of all this, uh, um uh South Carolina will have been the uh the firewall for him and uh if there's a chance that he's gonna gonna walk away with the uh the nom. Uh Aaron, the one
0: person we're not talking about is is Elizabeth Warren. Uh she's kinda getting lost in the mix here. Is that good or bad for her?
2: Excellent question. I think there's a lot of discussion about that. Uh, Obviously, there are a lot of hopes that there will still be a woman president in 2020. Obviously, that is still the only hope that we have. And there have been a lot of editorials uh, I've seen recently uh, talking about having to renew a focus on Elizabeth Warren. So, you know, we may see her, we may not see her, depending on the results of, of Super Tuesday, but I think that there are still a lot of people who right. would, would very much like to see a woman come out of this. Dan Lipner?
5: So I just pulled up Elizabeth uh, Warren's last polling numbers in Massachusetts, um, and... <laughs> yeah at the at this moment uh, the last poll was connected from the 28th to the 2nd Warren 28 Sanders 26 Biden 26 Bloomberg 15 that's a pretty bad sign if you're in a three-way tie for your home state and trailing every place else It'll be interesting to see what happens with Warren because it's not entirely clear to me. Um, everyone had assumed that the Warren-Sanders lane was the same. I am far less certain that that is true. So if act- if Elizabeth Warren actually stays in the race, um, then she will have something to say at the convention because some following will stay with her. However, if she gets out, the question is, where do those voters go? And I think that's a genuine toss up. I don't think it's a guarantee that they are Bernie folks, Biden folks or or Mayor Bloomberg's. It is entirely unclear to me what lane that goes down if she pulls out.
3: It's clear that now, it, it's clear that she draws from from multiple places. There is some competition with Bernie, and she early on said, "I'm not going to let Bernie get to the left of me," and uh, that didn't work out too well for her. And, uh, but, her but her number, Aaron, her
5: numbers cratered when her, she went there. So yeah, she lost some, but something right. in the exchange, and then
3: she modified her Medicare for All proposal, and that harmed her votes. But Aaron makes a very good point, but it it also validates your point, uh, Dan, and that is that there are a lot. of women, and some men too, but a lot of women who feel passionately about wanting to have a woman president. That doesn't mean they're second choice women.
2: I think there are actually a lot of men out there who would like to see women. I I think yeah, so
3: but I but it, I, that's what I it's it's, stronger. That, that's what I said but right. I think there's a there's a lot more women and the feeling is just deep in their souls and I don't blame them. Right. So they're going to they're going to they they used to have a choice between Warren and Klobuchar. and I would have it would have been interesting to see in Virginia for example um, who how they would have done against each other um, but now will the Klobuchar Klobuchar people go to Warren, who that is those you know the 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 voters who really 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 want a woman. Um, Warren will get a little, will get some of the, some of the Klobuchar votes, presumably. But if if Warren gets out, back to, to Dan's point, they're not all going to go to to Bernie by any stretch. If they say. No, I would never vote for Bernie. I loved Elizabeth. I loved Klobuchar. I, I love the idea of a woman. But Bernie's not the answer. And they would move in another direction. See, so I, we don't know. But
0: here's here's the interesting thing is we, there, I was looking at three polls that were taken here in the past uh, few days. And uh, the Morning Consult, the Quinnipiac and the CBS polls on Bootage voters' second choice, which apparently is coming into play, if you look at where bootage voters go, let's say in the CBS voting, a majority of them go to Warren. If you look at the morning consult, a majority of them goes to Sanders. There is no consistent, uh, there's no consistent trend, I don't think, Alan, that 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 shows where Buttigieg, who was looked at as kind of a mainstream center-center left type uh, candidate, the second choice seems to go to the progressives. Is are we reading too much into that? Yep,
3: we are. Yeah, I mean, we'll know a lot more in a day. In a day we'll right. see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I mean, the polls on. Second and third choices are, are first choices are, are challenging enough when it comes to polls, as we've seen. And when it's, what? How about your second choice? How about your third choice? All the more, because there are a lot of voters, and we know this from from the from the, the the previous races, haven't made up their minds um, right. until close to the end. And 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 on that score, let me just give a make a comment about the. Absolutely extraordinary endorsement that Jim Clyburn gave to Joe Biden several days before the South Carolina election. It was one of the most personal, passionate, effective commentaries i have ever seen as as an as an endorsement it was personal he invoked his late wife he talked about his relationship with biden the long history that biden has had in south carolina but what about
0: the what about the criticism that it was too it was too
3: much too late have about looking at the vote no it was not too much too late for me it was just right both in content and in timing, and I think gave a gave a gave a late important timely bump to 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 Joe Biden. I, I thought it was extraordinary, and and anybody, uh, I'm guessing we're going to see excerpts from it down the road in some of in, in some of the ads. Right. I also thought that 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 Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar. Gave really good, solid endorsements. Even, Beto, even last night. I didn't see Beto's, bad. but 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 you know, it's like Beto. Who? Beto, who exactly? But but, <laughs> but 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 Clyburns stood above uh, in my uh, reckoning, and it was important not just for the voters in South Carolina, some of whom uh, Clyburn talked about wanted to know what he was going to do.
0: Did, did this solidify the? Power of the black vote getting Biden over the Bernie hump.
3: Absolutely, it was huge. Although, if you look at the but exit does polls, polls, does it, does it resonate Biden, outside? Biden, Biden does it- did very well among all groups. He wasn't. He won every demographic. Yeah, right. He, he wasn't. He didn't have to rely solely uh, on the African American vote, but he did extremely well. How much will it resonate beyond? It will resonate. And and I'm thinking we probably haven't heard the last of 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 Jim, Jim Clyburn. Clyburn. Do, do you do you agree with that, Dan? I mean, one.
0: Let me go back to you, and I also want Admiral Ken's take on this. And obviously, there's a reason why with Admiral Ken, he's a Southern voter and he gets it. The was the Jim Clyburn. Should Jim Clyburn had come out a lot sooner with that strong an endorsement and. Could, could that have prevented um, major issues in? I hate to say this, Iowa or New Hampshire. He would have violated his word in the process. Clyburn
5: himself said he was not going to come out early because he wanted to make sure the South Carolina primary had integrity, and he wasn't putting his thumb but on he the violated scale too it early. Anyway, using no, that no, 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 no. not, not Lee. he said he was not going to do it early because he wanted to make sure every candidate had their chance so it's a remarkable shine upon his integrity that it played out the way it did the fact that he endorsed joe biden it's entirely plausible joe biden might not have been in the race at this point had he done worse in iowa and new hampshire everything could have dried up entirely that's not what happened And as Rich correctly pointed out, this is the first primary presidential primary win for Biden ever. Ever, Right. And it was no small win. Right. He more than doubled the votes of his nearest competitor. Right.
0: Admiral Ken, let me go to you. Does the Clyburn, I mean, we saw the strength of the Clyburn uh, endorsement in South Carolina. We're hearing that this is probably going to resonate with the Southern black Democratic vote. But does Jim Clyburn bring in the, you know, the black vote outside of Alabama, outside of Mississippi, outside of the Carolinas, Georgia, et cetera?
1: Um, I, I think the answer to that is probably yes. Um, I think that um, does it have,
0: does it have the stroke that it has in those states?
1: yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I would say that uh, that that much like comedy uh, drama is all about timing and I agree I agree with, I agree with uh, Alan that Clyburn's endorsement came at exactly the right time. I think what it did, however, was that it solidified Biden as a, a as a viable candidate. Uh, it solidified by, uh, Biden as someone, that, uh, that 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 uh, black voters could hang their hat on because I think that I, I know from conversations uh, with the family in Alabama and Texas um, that there was some concern when Biden seemed to be slipping, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, from Iowa and New Hampshire. But uh, I think, the, <clears throat> pardon me, I think Clyburn really uh, acted to just make sure he stayed in a race long enough.
0: Right. Uh, Rich Rabina, Let's look at the Super Tuesday races a, a little bit more detail. I've seen several analysis that say that uh, Buttigieg, Steyer, Klobuchar coming out does in fact give, <clears throat> excuse me, does in fact give a little bit of a push towards Joe Biden. Doesn't really give to uh, Bernie Sanders or help Warren for that matter. Uh, If you look at the numbers of where their votes or their support might go, you look at California, obviously a lot of that's going to go towards Sanders, but then you start looking in the Midwest, you start looking in the Carolinas where we see Biden, uh, we see Bloomberg in Oklahoma, Alabama uh, getting some of that support theoretically. At this point, are we starting to see uh, the the convection of this is, in fact, a two man race? Eventually, this is going to be Biden, Bernie, head to head, mano a mano in Milwaukee.
4: I don't think so, because I think Bloomberg's strategy is to wait for there to be a um, for there for there to be a for there to be an open convention. He's uh, he doesn't he is not necessarily going to win in the primaries. And I think he knows that it's just a matter of garnering as much delegates as possible. And it goes to the first ballot. Then once it gets to the first ballot, not enough. So there are not enough. There's not that nineteen hundred ninety one supporters Then it goes on to the second and third ballot. I think that's his basic strategy. I think the establishment of the Democratic Party would do anything they possibly could to get him out of the race. But he's got the money and he's going to stay in as fast. He's going to stay in for as long as possible. I just wanted to get back to one of their thing, to two other things, actually, for Jim Glyburn, I think that was the most monumental endorsement since Ronald Reagan got the endorsement of Jesse Helms in the North Carolina primary after he'd lost seven primaries in a row. That was the mo- he was the most important member, the important person in North Carolina. Reagan landed up winning North Carolina and then eventually almost won the Republican nomination. And the other thing about Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts, she's never been particularly popular here. She's always been seen as more of a national figure that was using the state as a springboard. When she ran for re-election last time, she ran against a guy named Jeff Dale who actually been the chairman of Donald Trump's campaign in 2016 in Massachusetts, Right, relatively feckless candidate. And she only won by 22 points. And she actually was underperforming this. She underperformed um, what what Charlie Baker, the Republican governor, actually did better than she did in Massachusetts. So that's kind of part of it. She hasn't done very much to collect political chits here. And the fact that she's been spending the last year or so running for president. Usually it's really kind of angered a lot of people because she ran for reelection. She said that she was going to be a full time senator. It's really angered a lot of people. So that's why I think
3: Alan Moore. Yeah, a a question. um, And and Rich, I think you may have alluded to it earlier. The comment has been made here and I and I've heard it uh, in in recent days that this is the first primary that uh, Joe Biden has won in 32 years, making it sound like he's been in a lot of primaries. I don't think that's true. I think he's been in one or two before this year. One. So, yes, a long, long time ago, but— Basically, his record of, shall we say, if he's one for four this year and 0 for one before that, he's one for five, which is which is uh, about as good as anybody ex- who's running except Bernie Sanders. Right. So no, it you're just right. amuses me ran- how people say, oh, it's the first one he's won in 32 years. Well, right. he's never won in 32 years, was what they were saying a few right. days ago. Right. Thank right. You. What happened in
4: 1988 is prior to the Iowa caucuses, a guy named John Sassel worked for the the caucus campaign, found out that he had taken a speech in part, taken, taken some lines from Neil Canuck, the Labor Party leader Right, that came out. He dropped out before Iowa. So you're right. He never officially participated in any. And the last time around, he participated in one caucus. The Iowa caucus got about one percent the next day he dropped
0: out. OK, thank you. Uh w- One of the things I, w- I want to look at, though, Dan, is Bloomberg today said that he um he doesn't see a path forward just in heavy delegate count. He said this when he was in the opening of his Miami field office. Uh, the 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 issue is if he's saying that there's no path forward, he's got to count on a broker convention. Does this, in fact, become a situation where, um, you know, why stay in? Well, so there are a bunch of reasons for
5: Bloomberg to stay in that have absolutely nothing to do with him being the next president of the United States. Does he take away from Does he take away from Bernie? Does he take away from Warren? So the correct answer is he takes. If he meets the threshold, he takes away from whoever is leading in that particular state. So this is how the delegate math works. Everyone who breaks 15% gets delegates. However, once you need to start carving delegates away from somebody, the only somebody that starts losing is person in position one. So if three three people break threshold of 15%, person in position one only wants one person to break threshold beyond themselves, assuming they'd rather just themselves, if... They're the only person that gets it. They get all the delegates. However, each portion of their share gets carved off as more people get beyond 15 percent. So in some cases, the fact that – and we'll see this in California – that that uh Bloomberg's been spending a ton of money in advertising that Bernie's also had access to not the same way Bernie's done it with through small dollar donations but Bernie's been in on air in California for a very long time and he's been on air alone other than Bloomberg so Bernie's running away with it in in California is less likely to occur with Bloomberg continuing to be on the ballot, giving anyone else a chance, and right now that anyone else looks to be Joe Biden. And then when it comes to brokered convention, all bets are off. If you can get your delegates to commit to somebody else, you're only bound on that first ballot. So if the Bloomberg delegates go to to Joe Biden, which is the presumptive choice, it is impossible for me to see... Um, Mayor Bloomberg as as a brokered nominee. Weird things could happen in, in the election process, so I'm not going to predict that. But it's impossible for me to see him as the brokered nominee out of a Democratic convention, <laughs> considering he's been a Democrat for about 15 minutes. Right. Whoa. But, whoa, oh, whoa,
0: oh, whoa, oh, whoa. Whoa. Oh,
3: whoa. 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 Okay. Now, if we're going to talk about how long he's been a Democrat, let's be factual, shall we? He was, as I understand it, a Democrat all of his life
5: except un- as mayor of New until, York right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> until kind of an
5: important until
3: well you, <laughs> well, said, no, no, you no 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 no, no. no, no, no. That, that. so he's been a let's put it this way he's been a democrat longer than elizabeth warren has been a democrat how about that okay. so so and and, in, in, and far, in this latest incarnation and far oh here we go his latest. Oh, come on, Dan. You can't start qualifying. You make these. these Is this really these, what's important these, to the discussion? An well, editorial no. comment? <laughs> well, it, 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 there's this There's this notion that. I'm it,
5: suggesting that Democrat Democrats who show up to, at the convention with a narrow s- sliver of them are not going to be supporting a Mayor Bloomberg for the nomination in a brokered convention. He, wait, wait,
3: I'm not he, saying they are. Hold but You made the comment about. It was how,
5: editorial color. It wasn't meant to be fact checked. <laughs>
3: Well, maybe you need to pay more attention to me. When you make stupid, non-factual, incorrect statements, maybe Which brings me back
5: to editorial color,
3: I, editorial color that happens to not be true. Well, so it, you know,
5: so
0: all be on the blooper it, reel. Yes, it's, it's go. I mean, yeah, this is all going to
3: be good. I hope we're
0: flagging we, this. By the way, yeah, all right, all right.
3: Let me get Bernie Sanders. Let me get control. Me control Democrat back. about okay. twenty minutes, but 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 Bloomberg. Just so we understand the history, and I think Rich could back me up here in 2001 i am I'm, I'm unclear c- what the point of this is it's to get to your point of saying right, somebody who's been hold on everybody stop everybody
0: stop everybody stop enough the of point. that enough of that okay look I, I i i i see dan's point but i also agree with Alan on this but i do want to go back to admiral ken you mean to tell me that if 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 this does go to a broker convention And we go off of Dan's hypothesis of there's no way that Bloomberg convinces the Democratic National Convention of him being the nominee. Uh, This goes back to who can beat Trump. And he's got everything in his pocket that he needs to do it. He's got more money than anybody else. It's his money. He's got the ability and the and the uh, the history of being able to run large scale governments effectively and do it with democratic mindset as far as finding new affordable housing, increasing health care coverage. All the things that everybody's touting, he's got the he's got the street cred. And,
1: and, and as far as I know, he's never declared bankruptcy. Right. That. that t- well, that too.
0: That too. But but it, it seems to me that if this does go to a brokered convention, and in fact that we're seeing a unity march behind, there's no way Bernie gets it. Does Bloomberg look a lot more attractive to the center, center-left Democrats that everybody's trying to garner their support over?
1: So, so first, I I, I think that um, the 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 brokered convention. Um, Scenario has been something that everybody's been talking about for quite some time. I I, I remember it being discussed when when Trump was running uh, uh, the last time on the Republican side. Um, my belief is that, uh, my hope is that um, the process will play out uh, as as Dan started uh, describing before he he slipped into his cocaine induced dream, um, <laughs> but. Uh, for the record, I, I, for the record, I, I, Dan Alan's Littner, my dealer. For, for the record, Dan,
0: Dan is not on cocaine, and Alan Moore is not his cocaine dealer. Just let's get And this real. is not that kind of podcast studio. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Charlie's got standards, well, but, darn it. It, it. I I swear there are razor marks in humor, this counter.
1: All humor aside, I, I, I trust that the process will, will will run in its normal course, and that um, that at the end of the day, um, the the belief. That 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 the the more moderate wing of the Democratic Party will prevail, I think, is a safe bet. I just do. Yeah,
0: Aaron Aaron Harbaugh. The the question I've got is if this does go brokered, and obviously there there it's looking less and less likely that there's a path forward for Elizabeth Warren. But if this does come down to a a broker convention, and we do have to look at who in fact can beat Donald Trump. With all the equipment in the Bloomberg camp, can Elizabeth Warren endorse Michael Bloomberg after the attacks she put on him,
2: particularly on the on the uh, on the women's side? That's an excellent question. I I'm not sure if that story, in terms of you know Bloomberg's treatment of women has has finally run its course. I think a lot will depend on how that narrative plays out. And I think it, it hasn't caused him as much damage as as it potentially could down the road, but I think we'll have to see how much more damage that, 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 that may may, Is there may enough, do.
0: You think there's another
2: shoe that'll drop? I, I think there might be I think that you know there there have been a few stories the the relatively minor incidents which haven't been incredibly incriminating I think that it's caused a lot of voters to give him a second look but I don't think it's obviously ruined his campaign but I think that you know if if those who have been disaffected by Bloomberg um, you know, uh, come out with more information, or continue to try to push that story. Then we might see some negative t- sentiment, especially among women coming out towards Bloomberg, right. which would go in Elizabeth Warren's favor. Right.
0: Hey, uh, Alan Moore.
2: When we look at
0: uh, when we look at the possibility of as we come into the last uh, few minutes of, uh, of this podcast. Uh, as we look at the possibility of there being um a, po- a a running of the table let's say for a sanders or even a biden what does a running of the table look like for sanders and what does a big win for biden look like
3: you mean for just for t- today for day, for, for yeah, super tuesday so so biden needs to win... I mean, a running of the table would be for him to win f- five states, let's say. Win Texas, North Carolina, Virginia, Alabama, Arkansas, and maybe one or two more. Does, does Sanders
0: only have to win Texas and California and then no, we call it a
3: day? No. W- w- and Vermont. <laughs> and Vermont, right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and maybe Massachusetts. Um, uh, yeah, the, you're the, right. The, uh, uh, you know, b- b- what... Wh- What would work for Sanders the best is if he had a really big day in California and the only other person who reached the 15 percent. Well, and nobody reached the 15 percent threshold. That would be the best uh, outcome for Bernie. That would be a A, a two way, a two way
0: Sanders, Biden.
3: No, no, no. I'm saying that 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 even Biden wouldn't get to 15 percent. So and then Biden would get it, it would get no vote no delegates i can't imagine that would occur in every single congressional district no. but but if he doesn't make 15% statewide and and then it depends on congressional districts he wouldn't get anything and if and if he came up at 14 and warren was at 14 and that and and bloomberg was at 14 and and sanders had 50, 50 whatever that number would be 57 um Sanders would win every single delegate from California. I mean, if he got that or something close to that, that would be massive. And then if he could, on top of that, win uh, in Texas, th- that would be a, a huge, huge day. I'm not expecting it's, that. Is Texas is Texas Sanders, a, a
0: winner win. take home? No, 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 not no, no. At all.
3: no. So,
1: but there's no there's no way Sanders is going to win in Texas. There's just no way. It, it, the big. You know the it, difference between a Texas Democrat and a Texas Republican is. What's that? The length of a Ford pass to an Aggie Longhorn football game. That's about it.
0: That is such a Texas joke. A majority of our <laughs> listeners are going, what? <laughs> but no, we, we, we appreciate that, Admiral. No, um, oh, it's true. <clears throat> but here's the thing is, if you look at the numbers going off of what Alan was saying, Dan Lipner, let's look at Texas, for example. It, it's got Sanders, Biden, Bloomberg as... Uh, 28, 38. I, well, the numbers. 20. Well, the numbers I've gotten were before Klobuchar uh, was before Klobuchar actually, and uh, Buttigieg and Steyer pulled, uh pulled the plug on their campaigns. But the la- the numbers I have here, we look at. There's only three in te- uh, three in Texas that are above the quote unquote threshold. That is uh, Sanders, Biden, Bloomberg. Uh, Elizabeth Warren doesn't even break the 15%, although she was at 14.7, according to the numbers I had. Uh, if it does in fact give, if Texas does give four of those delegates or all four of them, some delegates, it almost seems like that that's a loss for Bernie Sanders.
3: No, it's not a lot. He's—I mean, as Kim uh, right accurately now, it, points it, out, it, it he's not—he's not, not expected to win in Texas. So he's, at, he's, the, at the, he's the moment, he's right so now,
5: it depends on which polling but, you're looking but at. You, so but I have two, I have two, two polls in front in front of me that that suggests uh, either burning at 31 percent or 28 uh, percent. I got him at 30.3. And that's the number I'm looking at. The point being is you're right. I actually do see four people that break the 15% threshold that includes Warren and Bloomberg uh, with a neck and neck run for between Biden and Sanders for the first place. So if that's how it plays out, this is lending itself more and more to a brokered convention. Again, as I've pointed out earlier, the more people in the race that break 15%, the more damage it is to the person who wins the state. (laughs) So it is a weird way this stuff breaks down. So in states where Biden wins, he wants nobody else in the race other than Sanders. In states where Sanders wins, he wants as many people in the race to knock down the, the delegate count that
0: Sanders walks away with. All right. This is really three-dimensional chess that you're playing here. Let me, let me ask this question, uh, Dan, and I'm just going to be blunt about it. Is what we're seeing a consolidation of power by the DNC in an anti-Bernie move?
5: This is so. I've been spending the better part of two weeks knocking down every conspiracy theory about this stuff. Not that's conspiracy out
0: there. theory. I mean, I mean, let's it, be it, honest. It,
5: it is a conspiracy theory. So the fact of the matter is, Democrats who are in office both represent themselves and they represent the people in their districts. Lo and behold, lots of people are polling. Lots of people are doing their the, the, putting their ears to the ground to see what how things actually play out. And the fact of the matter is, for as progressive as Elizabeth Warren is, supposedly, even though I consider her more of a moderate, but she's, she is perceived to be as a wild progressive. Nobody had that level of panic for an Elizabeth Warren nomination as they do for a Bernie Sanders nomination. This is partially because of who Bernie Sanders is, that they couldn't figure a way out of the trap of defending well, what, Fidel what is, Castro what is, last
0: what, week, which is it, but what is a lack of political that skill is, that is truly impressive? But wait, when you say that this is a conspiracy theory, I mean, it, I'm when saying you talk about people when, think it is. I've been spending the better theory? part of the last two
5: weeks communicating with Bernie Sanders, folks, explaining that the money Democratic interests are the people who are actually out there to try and stop Bernie Sanders at all costs. It's politics. Suggesting that that that's why everyone's going against. Wait for it. Mayor Bloomberg, because he's the deepest pocket out there. I've seen no hint that the Democratic Party actually wants anything other than from other from Mayor um, Bloomberg other than his checkbook. That's it. There's German, no sign yeah, of the rest of the party lining up behind Mayor Chairman Bloomberg.
0: Per, Chairman Chairman isn't that isn't that good to get that kind of the Democratic Party is
5: not that good. That's not I, it's not
0: how we function. It, I, it would be nice if we did, but it's Ar- not. Ar- Aaron, do you, do you agree that this? That, I mean, one man's tinfoil hat conspiracy theory is another man's. Hey, this is politics. It's a full contact sport. I mean, where's the reality like?
2: I think that the proliferation of conspiracy theories right now is is unreal. I mean, there are theories that the Democrats are are you know behind the coronavirus. I, I don't know anymore. I'm I mean, well, that one's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, I, I think that there are just there are too many conspiracies that. Uh, uh, yep. I, I can't even wrap my brain around them all.
5: Right, there's a secret uh, lab right below
0: <laughs> the pizza joint <laughs> it, 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 on Wisconsin Avenue. Oh, traf- uh, uh, a ping pong pizza, it, ping pong. It's yeah. what was really being hidden there. Is, it, is that? Oh, that instead of trafficking children, they were trafficking in coronavirus. The children's just the cover story. Uh, <laughs> the, they, were they the carriers of coronavirus? Admiral Ken. Is this Alex Jones? No, and not today, uh, <laughs> Admiral Ken. You were you were way, you were going arms akimbo. What's going I, I on?
1: Just, I was just going to say. I, I think in the in the, uh, the the new millennium in which we live, the uh, the ability for conspiracy theory to have a life longer than about five minutes, especially in Washington D.C., those days are gone. Um, I, I, don't I, this, I don't know. I don't know. If you
0: listen crazy. to the Democrats, they're pretty. Yeah, this,
1: but you know what? But then again, you know, and, and I'll I'll own this statement. You know, as someone who spent his formative years pushing back on communism and socialism, I, I'd be OK with that conspiracy theory. But I don't I don't think it, I don't think it exists. And
3: so Al, I, so, Alan Morton. Yeah, I, I I, agree. I, I was intrigued with I, I think the people that are feeding the conspiracy theory are just as likely to be Republicans as Democrats, because if they what they're saying is and in, in, in the the RNC chair, uh, uh, Ronna McDaniel said the other day that she thought that that um, uh, that there was a Democrat, that there was a, a DNC, Democratic Establishment effort to deny Sanders. And she's saying it to stir things up. Donna Brazil, in commenting on it, <laughs> told Ronna she can go to hell. Yeah. Uh, on the air. Yeah. Um, because she was so outraged by the mere suggestion and has been intimately involved in trying to set up A fair, transparent set of rules by which everybody will live and be governed if they are at the DNC. Other third parties, they can, you know, they're free to do what they want. But to suggest that Tom Perez and the DNC is is trying to put their thumb on the scale here is something that they have been fighting for uh hard to avoid any suggestion of, and I think that's what Dan was reacting to, and I think that's what Donna Brazil was reacting
5: yeah, to. Yeah, and, and one of the other things that I've actually had to point out to folks is the wins that Bernie had were not huge. He barely won Iowa, and he arguably tied, depending on how you count it. He didn't he, win in delegates. He barely <laughs> won in New Hampshire, He actually did get a win in Nevada, but some other people did pretty well as well, and then got destroyed in South Carolina. So the narrative that the Bernie folks would have you believe is, well, all those other votes that I barely won, those were all right, but South Carolina, that doesn't count.
0: Come and now and now, on. and now it's a conspiracy. And theory. now it's
5: a conspiracy. Now yeah. the the point where I've actually have had difficulty as far as the argument goes, this is where superdelegates come in. There are superdelegates in the Democratic Party, there are not superdelegates in the Republican Party. Right. And the question is whether or not the superdelegates should get to decide. It's, By the way, these are It rules is a legitimate
0: that, question. Yeah, but these are also they're also working off of rules that Bernie brought up in 2016, and he agreed to this cycle. Yeah, exactly.
5: Let's <laughs> in let's part go- to make sure <laughs> that the Bernie conspiracy team didn't start doing their thing. Yeah, mind in, you, Bernie conspiracy yeah. team starting with Bernie himself, himself. Right. With when the Russia when the the leak about the Russian. Uh, the, um, Russian the, the, the Russian assistant. The Russian assistant came in. Right. He blamed the Washington Post for leaking it, suggesting that there was a conspiracy against him just in that reporting. All right, Rich Rubino, you got 10 yeah. seconds. Go. Yeah, Just very quickly on conspiracy theories. When James Garfield
4: was, pres- was, ele- was elected <laughs> president, he was against civil service reform. I mean, he supported civil service reform. Chester Arthur was his vice president. Chester James Garfield gets assassinated in eighteen eighty one. All the people who are for civil who are against civil service reform said now Chester Arthur is president. You know what Chester Arthur did? In eighteen eighty two, he signs the Pendleton Act, one of the most strictest civil service reform pieces of legislation Rich, in the entire United States. Richard you William know, Rutherford B Hayes had signed one as well. Richard. But, so if that was a conspiracy theory. If that was a conspiracy theory, then Chester A. Arthur was a conspiracy theorist. And Chester A. Arthur was no conspiracy
0: theorist. Rich, you are you are you are a gift to this show. Thank you. That I didn't think that anybody could bring up Chester A. Arthur. Arthur on a Super Tuesday discussion. <laughs> and civil
2: service And civil arms. service,
0: exactly. I uh, know. Yeah. yeah, hey, that uh, music means that we're out of time. Charlie, oh, Charlie loves
1: that. I loved uh, yeah, it. Charlie, yeah, Charlie,
0: on behalf of Charlie, uh, Maddie the Engineer, we've got Aaron Harbaugh, Alan Moore, Dan Lipner, Admiral Ken Carradine, uh, Rich Rubino, I'm your host moderator, Justin Russell. Hey, by the way, you can download this as a podcast on your favorite podcast system. Whether it's Google, iPod, Go, uh, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, we're out there, we're kind of a big deal. You can also go on our website, backroompolitics.org, and uh, keep an eye out for our Patreon page, which will be launched on March 27th. You'll see Patreon go live for us, which means that you can start back in the best political podcast you've never downloaded from here in Podcast Village, Have a great week, America. See you.